0: Kisuk Wishnam, Kisuk Kukit Kisuk Kwakwai'at. Welcome back to another Warrior Wednesdays with your host, Peter Notso White. And I'm coming to you from the unceded Salish territories of the Squamish, the Swallowtooth, and the Musqueam people. Sukini for allowing me to be a guest on your lands and today's topic I want to talk about something that I've I've actually wanted to talk about for some time now and it just felt right to talk about it now you know and I've been going with my guts you know my gut feeling my intuition and I really feel like this is the time to talk about it. And um it has to do with something that has really really helped me heal in the past few years, in the past 5 years, five almost 6 years. It's it's allowed me to heal. And That is, powwow dancing. Um, As you all know, I'm a powwow dancer. Um, I didn't actually grow up powwow dancing. I did for a few years when I was very, very young. You know, I started to dance the grass when I was, um, I believe, I was nine maybe nine or ten when I started to dance for a little bit and I got into dancing at a young age and I danced a little bit and you know I guess I, I got I don't really remember a lot but I remember I was I guess I was getting you know good at it and I really enjoyed it until I got to a certain point in my life where culture wasn't cool you know I had I had moved away from my homelands, and we actually moved from Yakanuki, which is Creston, British Columbia, and we moved to uh, Vernon, British Columbia, which is uh, a part of the Okanagan Nation. And I didn't really know a whole lot of Indigenous people there, you know, I didn't know a whole lot of First Nations, Native American people there. And um, being from a smaller community all i knew was my family all i knew was the people from my community my reservation and the few surrounding uh Tunaka reservations because i would travel there we traveled to a couple small you know a couple powwows nothing too serious because i was young and we were just kind of learning and um now that i think back on it it's it's quite interesting that there was actually uh, two other girls in my school in my elementary school that were also first nations and it was weird because i didn't they weren't from my reservation so i didn't really understand at that point in life that there was other native people from other reservations and they could live in your community and actually one of her one of them her name is Jaylee Wolf that's Jaylee Wolf and she uh, is becoming a pretty phenomenal uh, artist in the music industry and uh she she's whatever i remember of her it was it was quite interesting now because now that i look back on you know grade 4 grade 3 grade 4 grade 5 whatever i remember before i moved is that this girl named Jay Lee was friends with another girl who was also Native. And it was weird how they kind of came together and they were like best friends. And they were both Native, but they both were disconnected. Like, you know, like many of many Indigenous people are. Actually, Jay Lee, I, you know, I kind of talked to her once in a while f- through social media. And uh, she just recently... Uh, connected through the pan- like, through throughout the pandemic with her actual family because her you know she was I don't know the whole story about her but yeah she didn't grow up with her community she didn't grow up with a lot of her family and she just recently connected which was pretty powerful to see and to see her you know she's recently getting nominated to the Junos which is which is super it's super interesting to see and it's cool to see how some people that you know at a young age how their life plays out and you know that's it's kind of cool how you go to elementary school with her or someone right and then they turn out to do phenomenal things you know and i'm pretty sure she feels the same way about me you know knowing me seeing me and doing the things that i'm doing in social media she's probably you know wow i know him which is kind of cool so uh yeah shout out to her for doing big things for indigenous people and um powwow dancing how it has turned my life around and i remember my like when i started dancing again as an adult i knew nothing like i knew zip nada like i kind of started going to powwows Right before I was diagnosed with cancer so I had gotten sober and I was three years into my sobriety and I needed things to do on the weekends so I would just take a day trip to go to powwows around me you know I live in Vancouver British Columbia so I, I, I one time I actually or a couple times I zipped down to the states i went to seattle for a day to check out the powwow you know i I went down to auburn washington i went to Tulalip, washington and i went to the few powwows around here just to just to kind of get an eye you know hang out and just be around the the energy as i was trying to reconnect and trying to you know heal my spirit and my soul because i i had been through so much trauma as as a starting as a little boy that i needed to rekindle that my spirit i needed to awaken it and the drum was another way to awaken my spirit to to the man you see today and um i very i remember that i knew nothing about powwow so i got my sister who Was a decent sewer, because I did not know how to sew at the time. I know how to sew now. But I did not know how to sew at the time. And I knew she was pretty good when she was in home economics. She did really good in sewing class. So my mom and I were talking about it. And I kind of bought just this this native print stuff. This uh, Danae danae print or was it navajo print i don't know it was just you know i knew nothing about powwow, so i we kind of just did with the resources what we had and i bought these um these prints online and then i just i sewed up the breech cloth and the side drops and they're all the same and i got this this button-up shirt from walmart just just a regular black t-shirt and i sewed ribbons on it it's like a ribbon shirt because i didn't i knew nothing about powwow and then my uncle uh down in the states he found out that i was wanting to start dancing so he actually gifted me this this fan and it's not even a it wasn't even a powwow fan it was actually a, like a ceremony fan and i was like whoa you know so but i used what i had and then I, and then i was i had a bustle given to me uh, which I've actually gifted away and given away now. And, uh, but that's what I started off with. I started off with next to nothing. And I, um, when I first started dancing, um, I was super nervous, but I was excited at the same time. And I still remember that very, very first time that I stepped back out onto that dance floor. And I and I should have instead of winging it like I like I do like to do things like I just like to wing it. I should have practiced, you know. I should have learned the basic steps of the one two because I barely even knew how to do one two. Like the inner, they're called. It's called the intertribal step. I barely knew how to do that. That's how. That's how unexperienced I was at that time, you know, and. I'm super grateful that I actually waited. I waited until May long weekend to dance. I waited to go home to my community because I wanted to awaken my spirit at home where my ancestors had kinda lived, you know, because before colonization, before contact, before all of these things, we didn't stay as Tunaka people. We did not stay in one area. And where Yakanuki is currently located, any reservation, not even Yakanuki per se, any reservation, that's not originally where people would actually live. A reservation here in Canada anyways, and the States the same way, is it was land that basically no one wanted a reservation was land i know in canada that the queen you know the queen of england and her royal family couldn't get resources from so they couldn't farm on it wasn't farmable land because back in back in those days when treaties were made and reservations were formed and all that stuff they lived off of farmland Farming was one of the main sources of income that and trading, you know, but Farming was big at the time here in Canada And I know that for a fact that reservations are plots of land that no one else wanted and it's kind of it's kind of funny because now that farming is You know, food is a big source of life, but farming isn't the same as it was back in the 1800s, the early 1900s. And uh, now some of these reservations have beautiful spots where everyone wants to go. I know for a fact in the Okanagan's that they have lakefront property. Throughout all the Okanagan's, a lot of these reservations have really nice locations where everyone wants to be now and they lucked out because they're boom right on the ocean or right on the lake right on places where people want to be so it's kind of in hindsight it's funny how full circle come around where farming isn't as it was then as it was looked at and how it is now and where some reservations are located some not all a lot of reservations Are located in places that have next to zero resources some reservations are like in the middle of nowhere hours away from the next town I know that for you know I know that in the states that's how a lot of reservations are they're actually further away from cities and um, and yeah that's that's just what the government wanted to do to try to slowly kill us off by becoming dependent on them But back to the story with powwow dancing, you know, when I first started to dance, I started to consume as much as it, as I could. I started to consume powwow throughout my whole time. Like I would watch powwow. I would watch powwow when I was running at the gym. I would watch powwow videos while, you know, while I was doing certain things. That's all I started to do was listen to powwow music and I started to watch powwow on YouTube and I started to consume it. And, I, and um, I was, I'm, I'm an iron worker, you know, I'm a union iron worker. And what I would do is I would get off a little early on Fridays and drive to the nearest powwow powwow all weekend get all ready and then head home get home late at night on sunday just to make it back to work for monday and that's what i did religiously and i was you know i was throwing myself in there it became my ritual and that's what most people tend not to do when starting something new you need to indulge in that thing as much as you can to the point where people say that you're obsessed. I've had people tell me that before that that's all you do. That's all you listen to is powwow. Why? Well because I'm becoming obsessed with it so I can understand it. So it becomes, you know, my second nature, even though it's in my genetics. I have to reawaken that spirit. I have to reawaken my soul. I have to heal that bond from that trauma, from that disconnect. I have to heal it. And I'm still healing on a day to day basis. I will be healing throughout the majority of my life. And I'm okay with that because I understand that it keeps me humbled. And when I'm not humbled, You get humbled pretty quickly sometimes. It's kind of crazy how it's called. Some people know it as instant karma. But instant karma, all it is, is life is humbling you and putting you back to a humble state. Because you are getting out of alignment with being humble. And there's that quote that I really, really love. It's called, it's, uh, be humble or be humbled. And when you're gloating and when you're doing these things when I do that now like I, I literally feel like fire is coming out of my mouth when I'm saying bad negative things it's it's how so in tune I am with my with who I am now that I know it's not right and I and it fe- literally feels like flame is coming out of my mouth when I'm speaking bad, negative things. And I'm gonna be humbled. If I don't slow my roll, I'm gonna be humbled sooner or later. And uh, that's what instant karma is. <laughs> You've seen those videos where instant karma happens just like that. You know, you do something and all of a sudden you're like, boom, humbled right away, instantly. <laughs> so when you start out doing anything you need to be like i was with dancing and just become so obsessed with it that people think you're crazy like that's what people literally thought like that's all this guy listens to is powwow music that's all he watches on his spare time that's all he thinks about that's all he talks about because i wanted to become the best dancer I could. Because I want to inspire people, to show them. Because most people you know, in the indigenous community are a lot like myself. They didn't grow up with traditions, they didn't grow up with dancing, they didn't grow up with these things. And they think they have to be young to do it. And that's with a lot of things in life. People think they have to start when they're young to do anything. When it's not even that way, you can start something at 26, how I did, right? I started dancing at 26. You don't have to be young to do something in life. You just have to have that willpower and that discipline to start doing it. And dancing has brought me so many phenomenal... Like it, It's brought me... A lot of great memories. It's given me a lot of great experiences, and I'm only beginning in my in my dancing career, in my dancing life. And, I, and I, as I dance, I still learn new things about my body. I still learn new things about who I am, and that's the amazing thing about dancing is that it can always be. You can always practice. You can always become a little bit better. You can always push yourself to become better. And the reason why I want to become a better dancer is so I can heal more people. So I can inspire more people. So I can, you know, catch more people's eyes so they can heal through my dancing, through my medicine because movement is you know dancing is is medicine and the reason why dancing is medicine is because any form of movement no matter what you're doing is some form of healing It's some form of healing yourself and, and certain ways like it could be trauma it could be physical fitness it could be you know whatever it can heal your body and even just me dancing and people watching me dance, they can be healed because they get lifted up by my expression, by my story, on a, by my energy that I'm putting out. And I've experienced it through other dancers, how I've been motivated and how I've been inspired and how I've been in awe because of just the way they move their body and what they do with, you know, with who they are. And that's how I understand that dancing not only heals myself, but it heals other people. So as I'm healing myself, my heart, my soul, my body, I'm also healing others, which feeds off each other, which completes that circle. So I, I can't stress enough about how you need to just jump into the deep end you know there's the i heard this story about about eagles you know eagles are a, a significant thing to us indigenous people and i heard the story on actually how baby eagles learn how to fly so what the, what the mother will do is she'll pick them up And she'll grab that baby eagle and bring it as high as possible and she'll let it go and that eagle the little baby will start to fall free fall to earth and just before that eagle the little baby eagle hits the ground the mother will grab it and swoosh it and pick it up and it'll do the same thing it'll literally bring it up as high as possible and drop it and it'll keep doing that until that baby eagle starts to fly until it starts to understand its wings to understand its mobility to get that strength in its wings so it can lift itself up and that's how an eagle learns how to fly and i was like wow that's pretty powerful because i've seen how that's how i was with dancing i literally just went out and started to dance no practice knew nothing about powwow and then how i just started to indulge and when i was going through my cancer recovery i was actually off my foot for a good i think it was 10 11 months and for some of the time where after i got home and i was in the hospital out of the hospital i would just sit there with my foot up watch powwow and i started to beat my regalia that i have now and that's what i did i just started to beat it and i was watching powwow and beating and that's what also helped me keep pushing when i was recovering through cancer because There was some point in times where I I wanted to give up. You know, I was just tired of feeling hopeless. And I was just tired of uh, not being able to do anything, but just sit there, you know, was being humbled. So what I did is I decided that I was gonna bead my regalia. So that regalia that I, the beadwork that I wear now has a has a strong tie to me because it's what kept me pushing through my very hard times when I was battling you know my cancer and and my tumor removal so there's some plans I have with this current current peat work that I have once I get my new stuff and it's what my gut's been telling me to do but I'm eventually going to give away, I'm going to gift some of this, this, like a lot, the majority of my beadwork that I have to a, to a new dancer, to a, or a dancer that maybe isn't as blessed in the moment to have beadwork and the creator will tell me who it is. You know, I have faith in the creator that I will just know at the right time who it's meant for. So that's what I'm going to do when I get my, when I get my new stuff, you know, I'm going to give this away to someone so they can carry on with their dancing so they can be inspired to inspire other people. And that's my plan. You know, that's what I've been planning on doing for a little while now. And I'm excited to see that look on that person's face when they get that, when I give them that beadwork. I'm really excited for that. And so with that, I'm gonna jump off now. Sukini, thank you for tuning in. Han um, Winnegate Dagas. And remember, everything always happens for the right reasons. I'll see you next Wednesday, all my warriors. Take care. Goodbye.